This week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that cannot wait for the weather to break so we can break out our new cosplay, The Summer Soldier. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening, along with me, as always, uh, my brother Peter. <laughs> Here. Uh, oh, man. that I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> that opening joke. <laughs> well, well, I figure you got to have a got to have the outfit for every season right the spring soldier and the fall soldier <laughs> absolutely why not and then they can do an awesome like yeah they have some weird solstice and then uh, have, movie series and stuff of them, you'll have the uh teenage mutant seasonal soldiers so um that's perfect did you have this whole thing planned out uh, <laughs> well, or did you just come up with that off the top of your head that one i just came up with off the top of my nice head. <laughs> Like Andy's been uh, work workshopping this this whole afternoon, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, just the seasonal ones. I was like, how can I make this a joke? <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, at any rate, uh, yeah. So what's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> um, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, nothing too exciting here. Just <laughs> just hanging out. Um, yeah. How about hanging you? Out. Just how, <laughs> yeah. hanging out playing Nintendo. I'm good. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, I've been actually extremely busy and I know I mentioned that I don't know if I like really dove into it a little bit. I don't think I even talk, I think I just talked to you offline about this. Um, but a while back, a few weeks ago, I said I was working on a writing project that I couldn't really talk about. Actually, it was more than a few weeks ago, but I was working on a writing project I didn't talk about yet. Um, but, uh, uh, Travis, our uh, guest who came on from, uh, the Chicago science bros, YouTube channel, uh, him and I um, have been working hard on like a short film for a short film competition. Um, so the writing project was putting the script together. And then we have been spending like a lot of hours lately shooting. So when I'm not doing my podcast and my regular job, um, <laughs> I've been shooting a movie and it's been a lot of fun. Um, so that's we'll, awesome. Um, well, uh, I'll get it. We're going to when we're all done after we get it submitted, everything we do want to post it like on YouTube and stuff for people to see. So I'll ha I'll be able to tell everyone where to go look at it and stuff. It'll be cool. So that might be a good uh, a good chance to start a top five YouTube channel as well, <laughs> since we don't have one of those yet. As um, far as I yeah, know. And, and you and I have talked about it very briefly about doing that, which is I'm totally down for that. We just got a, some equipment we're going to have to get to do that. So. Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask, uh, have you gotten to the editing phase yet? We're in the editing phase right now. <laughs> OK, because so, I know uh, editing can just take forever. So um, well, Godspeed. <laughs> yeah, we're in the editing phase right now and everything looks great. And I've had a couple people that know we're working on it that have asked to see some clips and I've showed them clips and they're like, whoa, this looks like their their responses was this looks like a real movie. What do you guys shoot on? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, so um it's it's coming together the way we want it to come together. So, um, 
yeah, right now it looks great. And I'm excited to move on to another project as well. Like, like this stuff, this is the kind of thing that like lights a real fire under my ass and I like get excited and get super creative and like, what are we doing next? You know? So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, that's what I've been up to aside from my watching and reading. So Peter, why don't we jump into that? Unless you <laughs> want to talk about any real world stuff that's keeping you busy. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't live in the real world. I, uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. I spend I spend my life between like three rooms every day. So, so you took the blue pill, is what you're telling me. I okay. I I spend my life between my bedroom, my workroom, and the living room, and uh, you know sometimes I go outside, but for not too long. So uh, I'm half joking, but half kind of serious, and uh, that's just the life. You know, that's just the world we live in nowadays. But um, yeah. I do take breaks from work, and I go for walks around the neighborhood. And uh, on one of those walks recently, I actually had my first little free library experience. Um, have you ever made use of the little free libraries that you see out and about? I have not. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, though, yep. right? Okay. Yep. So there's like, there's I know of two that are actually within walking distance of my house and there might be more. And it's one of those things that every time I walk by a little free library and for the listeners, if you don't know, a little free library is the, um, you know, they're the little like kind of like birdhouse looking things that people put in their front lawn. And it's kind of just this little hinged uh, little house thing that you open up and there's free books inside. And it's one of those like, take a book, leave a book sort of situations. And it's just kind of a cool community sort of uh, asset, I guess. And I've I've like every time I walk by one of these, I always look inside and I'm like pretty I snoop pretty hard with the little free libraries, but I never take a book and I don't know what it is. Maybe I just haven't seen the book that I wanted to take yet. But uh, the other day I actually did find one that I actually wanted to read. And uh, that was actually Xenoscope's Grim Tales of Terror, Volume 3. <laughs> so this was actually a graphic novel. And uh, so did they yeah, yeah. Oh, I took nice. it because I was like, oh, awesome. This looks great. Um, this is actually something I've seen at conventions before, and I kind of wanted to uh, buy this book just based on the cover alone because it just has this badass, like, brutal-looking, uh, vicious clown character on the front. And I've, I've seen that at cons, and I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I should check it out. But uh, no, this is an anthology horror series that's published by Xenoscope. And uh, Xenoscope, if uh, if you know or don't know, they're really... Um, I've heard people call call the comic company Boobascope before <laughs> because they're really known for their kind of like cheesecake, like pinup style artwork and sure. stuff like that. But uh, this comic is kind of just straight horror. Um, and I've been having a lot of fun. I'm not I'm not through this volume yet. Uh, once I am, I'm going to take it back to the little free library as well as uh, some sort of book of my own to, you know, kind of uh, pay it forward sort of thing. But um, what I can say is it's a really cool concept overall because this I guess the point of this anthology is all their like it's you know it's a bunch of short horror stories but they all are based off of either true stories or urban legends or uh like conspiracy theories like that sort of thing and I thought that was a really clever concept for like a horror anthology series so like uh do you remember back in 20 I think it was in 2016 when there was a weird cl uh clown sort of uh 
<laughs> there's clown sightings all across America. Oh, I don't know if you yeah, remember yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a short story based on the people who would dress up as clowns and go out and scare people and stuff. And that's probably my favorite one I've read so far. Um, they also had a really good story about um, uh, like black eyed children, if you're familiar with that sort of uh, urban legend. But uh, yeah. no, it, it's just been really fun reading through this. And uh, it's kind of like a bucket list. thing. <laughs> I don't know if that makes my life sound really sad, but I've always wanted to use a little free library and I'm like pretty pumped that I've actually used one once, but like I said, I haven't paid it forward. So I took a book. I need to leave a book now, but sure. uh, I've watched a couple more things. Unless you have any questions about that, I can move on. Uh, well, I was going to, what I was going to say was if you didn't, so this hit the news the other day, um, blockbuster video is now doing, that's the new blockbuster is they have, uh, I don't know how many cities they have them in right now, but they have little like huts that are take a movie, leave a movie. Oh, that is awesome. Um, so essentially blockbusters back and they have these little huts and like, but the one that they showed on the news had some VHS tapes in it. So I hope you're able to play whatever you take. <laughs> that just, that just adds to the ambiance though, because you want to go to, you want to have that retro blockbuster experience, but no, that's, that's really cool. I hope I get a blockbuster, uh, blockbuster hut or whatever it's called in yeah, my yeah. town. You know, that's really cool. Um, and like blockbuster is trending. I don't know if you've seen the Netflix blockbuster documentary yet. Yeah. The last um, blockbuster, I have not watched it, but it has been on the, it's been on my list of things to do. And I keep hearing so many good things about it that, yeah. So I just haven't. Um, yeah, I watched it. I don't know. I, I never brought it up on the show. I think I forgot, but it's good. It, um, I think it's getting a ton of buzz just because it really hits that sort of nostalgia, um, like those nostalgia synapses, like it makes them fire off. And I think that's why everybody's clinging to it so hard. Right. It's a pretty good documentary. It's worth a watch, but I don't think it's like the greatest thing ever. It's more for me. It was just more like, oh, yeah, I miss this sort of thing. Like I miss going to the video store every weekend. Um but the other movie that I was going to mention that I watched that's super, super random is the 1984 film Dreamscape. Have you ever watched this, Drew? Um, yes, a long time ago. <laughs> and I have a vague memory of it. So. <laughs> right. So I don't know what it was, but the other night I was really in the mood to watch like a just an old horror or sci fi film. Um, okay. I think like I've kind of had that craving lately because the thing about older films is I feel like a lot of times they're a little more unpredictable than the movies that we get now. You know, you can watch them and you some of the newer movies, especially these like franchise movies that we love, of course, like the superhero films and all that. But sometimes you can kind of see where the movie's headed like halfway through. And maybe that's just a, you know, I'm just used to how movies are made right now that I've been kind of craving that like retro vibe and like maybe sure. the unexpectedness of like eighties horror and sci-fi and stuff. So, um, HBO Max has actually a pretty good uh, selection of just kind of these like older movies like that. And uh, I was looking through them the other day and I saw Dreamscape on there. And this is a movie that I watched when I was in grade school at a friend's house and I barely remembered it. But I remember thinking it was pretty sweet back then. So I decided to watch it. And uh, no, it was a good time. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of about a government experiment to use uh, 
people with psychic abilities to go inside of other people's dreams. Um, and there's a really cool aspect where it focuses on the sort of, um, I guess the drawbacks of that when it comes to, you know, government, uh, agencies, you know, having way too much power and the fact that can you go inside of other people's dreams and whether that be like extract information or, you know, the whole idea of like, if you die in your dream, do you die in really in real life? Like that comes into play. And, um, I really enjoyed this movie from like a sci-fi aspect, but also that like crazy conspiracy aspect I was just talking about, but also like, just from a practical effects and makeup uh, standpoint, it's pretty awesome. Like there's uh, one of the main kind of antagonists in the movie is this reoccurring nightmare character called the snake man. And, you know, he's just some really great eighties uh, latex monster movie uh, type stuff when the snake man comes into play. But by the time you get to the end of the movie and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a whole sequence that has a real, like sort of like zombie survival uh aspect to it that was really fun as well so um yeah super random movie but i had fun watching it and fun like walking down that memory lane um besides that the other things i watched you probably watched as well so um i don't know if you want to go into your watching and reading um so first off i watched um obviously we'll talk about falcon and winter soldier in a moment yeah. Um, and I watched the Shang-Chi trailer. That's out. I figure we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, <laughs> I don't Spoilers. Know, I don't know if you spotted. I don't know if you spotted this on uh, HBO Max or not, but they released the first seven minutes of Mortal Kombat. See, I usually don't watch stuff like that. But did you so, watch it? Well, here's the thing. So it's Mortal Kombat. OK, ultimately, we know the story because the games have existed in so long and that kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, absolutely, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and uh, so I kind of, that's kind of how I looked at it. I'm like, it's Mortal Kombat. I got to see this. Um, so the first seven minutes are awesome. Um, and they do not waste <laughs> They do not waste any time getting into the fight sequences. So you get <laughs> That's what I like to hear. You basically you have like maybe maybe two minutes of footage that are not fighting. And then suddenly it's fight time. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I don't really know how much downtime we're getting because you were just like right in the shit real fast. Um, it was um, I liked it a lot. It looked it looks fantastic. Um, that being said, it is April 22nd at the night time of this recording. Mortal Kombat releases for us tomorrow. So um, I will be watching it at some point i'll have the movie watched before we sit down to record next week absolutely i'm super excited to watch it this weekend i've heard that the movie is almost not rated r because of just how violent it is like it's almost nc-17 and it should be nc-17 <laughs> absolutely like that that gets me jazzed up i am pumped for this thing um no i just usually avoid those like i remember when the dark knight came out or i should say before it came out and they were like you can watch the first 10 minutes of the film on YouTube. And I just avoided it because I just, for some reason, I just want to enjoy the full movie at once, you know, before yeah, yeah. like watching clips and stuff. But uh, no, that's awesome that it, uh, that it's looking really good. And uh, I'm excited to watch those seven minutes of film tomorrow or, you know, whenever I get the chance. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that I watched was um, I watched new mutants. 
Oh, how was it? I keep seeing that on uh, it's so, on HBO Max, yeah. right? So finally, all of a sudden, we can watch New Mutants. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Um, so yes, New Mutants has come off the uh, the shelf hell that it was in, and it's finally available to watch it's on HBO Max. Um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, the horror elements in the trailer, they really play it up like it's a horror movie. It is not oh, cool. the horror movie that you think it is going into it so much as it is another part of the X-Men mythos. Okay. So go in. You're going to get all the horror elements that they showed you in the trailer, but it is not what you think because when you find out what's causing the horror elements, you're like, oh, that's, you know, it's just kind of smart writing and it's X-Men. So, you know, um, I will say this is a I don't want to say it's a slight spoiler, but because we've been waiting so long for this movie and it's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back that we never thought we'd get to see it. If you remember the bonus scene at the end of Apocalypse, that bonus scene set up this movie. Oh, interesting. I honestly can't remember it, but okay. uh, maybe I need to rewatch Apocalypse <laughs> for well, that reason. If, if you if you don't watch Apocalypse and you just go and seek out the bonus scene, it sets up this movie. Awesome. So and that was that was like and I was like when they there was like a uh, something came up in dialogue and I was like, oh, wait, that was from. And then I was like, it was that movie. Yes, that was the bonus scene. And we I kind of went from there. So, um, yeah, um, overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh there's not many X-Men characters in it. It's a lot of because it's the new mutants. So it's very de- disconnected from the overall universe. But it's clear that they were leading it to go somewhere before the Disney Fox merger happened. Yeah. Um, so the named characters um, that you will definitely see is you'll definitely see Wolfsbane, Cannonball and Magic. And um, I've always really liked Magic, mostly from a uh, design perspective. Um, magic was just such a cool physically looking character. And I was like, and I didn't realize it was her right away. And I was just kind of watching. I'm like, um, cause I couldn't remember magic's like real name, her like alias. Yeah. And, um, so when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, this name sounds familiar. Name sounds familiar. And then she actually used her abilities and I was like, Oh my God, that's magic. That's amazing. Um, and they just did, they really did that character justice, like really did that character justice. Um, and then, uh, something that was kind of a, it kind of threw me off a little bit is magic has Lockheed with her, um, shadow cats, dragon, and they never touched on shadow cats, dragon in the other movies. And Lockheed is with magic. And when you see Lockheed originally, you're going to go, Oh, that's kind of clever what they did with Lockheed. And then as the movie transpires, it gets cooler. So it's definitely something to pay attention for. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I need to watch this movie. Um, man, we we waited so long for it. And um, I I'm sad to say, like, my hype for this movie definitely waned as time went on. And uh, I just remember hearing that the movie got bad reviews and stuff. And I think that's just kind of why I haven't watched it yet. But uh, I well, mean, it's on HBO Max like it's there. I need to watch it sometime yeah. soon. So overall, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, so there's that. Um, <laughs> let's let's see here. Uh, Shang-Chi trailer. Um, Marshall, um, Marvel's martial arts movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't, aside from, aside from knowing that the Mandarin is going to be the main villain and the character with the crazy mask in the trailer is the death dealer. 
um, for everyone playing the home game, trying to figure out who was that. That's the death dealer. You can look <laughs> that up if you want. Um, and to learn more if you want. Otherwise, it's, you know, no spoilers, right, for people who want, don't want to avoid those. But um, that's that's that. Otherwise, it looks like a martial arts film, and it looks good. So um, that's in. what I, that's I what I was going to say on it at this point. But yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, forget the fact that it's a Marvel movie and we're all going to see it. This just looks like a good martial arts film. Um, not not only from like like the action looks awesome, but the story actually looks really intriguing as well. And, um, you know, in the martial arts um, genre, you know, sometimes the story can be give or take because certain franchises and movies maybe focus too much on the fight scenes, but not enough on like telling a compelling story. But this honestly just looks really good overall. And it looks like Marvel just set out to do like a really awesome martial arts film and they're taking the genre seriously and they're um, they're kind of doing their job in that they're making a really good looking, compelling looking movie that's going to draw people to it. And it's not going to re- rely on the fact that this is another Marvel movie like the Marvel stuff is going to be there and it's going to be awesome. But the fact that the movie itself just looks like it's going to be that well done. Um, I'm really excited about and I've. I've never read a Shang-Chi comic. I'm not very familiar with the character and uh, I feel sold by this trailer. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. I, I was, I did not have any uh, knowledge of this, of the character here. So, I mean, yes, I've looked them up a little bit and kind of read through some stuff. I was like, okay, but it's not <laughs> enough for me to go off of, to get in hype for this movie. Other than the fact that it's the next chapter in the Marvel thing and it looks good. So Absolutely. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, on the other hand, is gets better and better and better every time we see another episode. So, <laughs> um, yes, uh, this most recent episode, uh, absolutely fantastic. This is a good segue into news, by the way. Um, this episode was so good. I cannot wait for the season finale. And I say season because here's the first piece of news. They said this show very well could have multiple seasons where WandaVision you can only do one season with a show like that because it's carrying that it's because of the way that character is. You could only do one show like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that's why that was a series finale. This could very well be a season. We just don't know yet. So I uh, think that's really cool. Um, I like um, the new Captain America uh, Walker. I like his character a lot. And that um, you're like, like you're like the only one. I, I mean, he's a nuanced character, you know, well, is no, he good? Is he evil? Like he's not, I, I think he's interesting. I don't necessarily think he's my favorite Marvel character and he's not a character that I want to identify with, but he's interesting, you know, he's nuanced and I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. What were you going to say though? I'm really enjoying it with too. And I completely agree with you. It's just the internet, like people just, it's like, they don't know where the actor begins and the character ends. Like, you know what I mean? They're like, it's not the same guy, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not John Walker in real life, but he's he's such a he's doing it so well that it's he's he's not supposed to be a liked character, but you yeah. like because it's such a cool like thing for what they're doing with the story. Yeah. So, so this uh, is um so this is the second to last episode of this uh, yeah season, second correct? to last episode of the season. So this Friday, not we're getting Mortal Kombat, the next episode of Mighty Ducks. 
and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, the, the thing is, this episode was kind of structured a little bit weird where you had. So you had like it started off with like this big badass like fight scene that you would think would come at the end of the episode. Like, yeah, it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the new Captain America duking it out. And that I think has been my favorite fight scene throughout the series. Like it was just so good. And, and it was brutal every, too. It was... Yeah. And every character is just going off on each other. Yeah. Like you said, it's brutal. Like they're all going off on each other full force and it was great. And then it's kind of followed up with a lot of, um, more like heart well or heartfelt sort of, uh, growing uh scenes you know each character showing their growth and uh setting up a lot of story and i know the next episode is going to be nothing but action at least that's what it seems so this series is going to go out with a bang but uh no i agree with you it was it was good overall i think i could have used with a little bit less of the whole like repairing the ship sequence or the boat sequence but at the same time that's just nitpicking overall it was a great episode right um, yeah. And then my next question is, what do you think is in the case? You think it's his Captain America suit or do you think it's his, um, do you think it's Buck, uh, Falcon's Captain America suit or do you think it's his suit with new wings? I was think I was thinking new wings. Um, I didn't think about a Captain America suit at all, but, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's uh possible. I think my mind just went straight to, this is going to be new wings. And you know what is funny? They, you're right. They never showed it in the episode. And for some reason, like as soon as the credits started rolling, I was like, that's going to be the post credit scene is it's going to be uh, the Falcon opening that case. And that's not what happened. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's actually kind of interesting for some reason in my in my mind, because I was so sure it was going to be like some new vibranium wings from Wakanda. I didn't even question it, but that is a good oh. thing to ponder. You're and right. Well, the reason I thought about the wings is if you know the comics, you know, if anyone who knows the comic history on what's going on right now is the Falcon does become Captain America. Mm-hmm. But in the comic books, not only does he have the shield, he also still has his wings. So that's what made me kind of wonder that. And, and please give us both because we want to see some yeah, just sure. awesome action scenes with the Falcon flying around while throwing that shield around and. It's going to be awesome. You know, that would be it'd be disappointing if they don't give us, you know, both that new suit and the wings. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yes, more of more of everything because it's fantastic. And I, <laughs> and, and I know that Zemo's probably like kind of done the where that episode kind of laid out. But I kind of would like to see some more Baron Zemo. So he can always he can always return. He can. And you know what? One of my biggest complaints about the Marvel universe thus far has been their villain problem where every time yep. they have good every time they have like this amazing villain they kill him yep. um, and zemo being the um zemo is kind of like and i was really hoping that was going to happen with the, the claw but whatever he was that was short-lived so um with the way uh with zemo in this aspect uh he could be a character that we could see again and again and again. And hopefully that's the case. So, well, I'm, uh, I'm still holding out hopes that the abomination is going to come back for one of these movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he's um, still out there. <laughs> can, I, can I throw in a, a piece of, uh, this is a definite spoiler, um, but the news has already been released that Tim Roth, who played the abomination in the incredible Hulk is going to be in the she Hulk show. 
Oh, hell yes. Okay. So, I just, I laughed because I said a joke about the abomination coming back. I think early when we first started recording this podcast uh, in general, and uh, it's kind of cool that it sounds like that's going to be coming true. So that is it's, great. Right. It's, it's kind of like, let's see where it plays out. But uh, right now that's, <laughs> um, that's what we got. So I mean, let's uh, do a, a abomination solo TV show while we're at it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I think I'm the only person who wants that, but yeah. I think the abomination is pretty cool. Um, well, let's jump into some news, shall we? Yeah. OK, so first off. Um, all right. Let's see how I'm going to break this down a little bit. All right. So Mortal Kombat releases this Friday and I just watched the first seven minutes and it's awesome. Um <laughs> Mortal Kombat's <laughs> end of news story. No, end of news story. Mortal Kombat's Joe Talsman, if I pronounce that correctly, who plays Sub Zero, has signed on for four films. In case the I did hear about this, in case the franchise is, is successful. First off, there's no way it's not going to be successful. Uh, the big thing is, is that uh, most actors, when you sign on to a franchise film specifically, you're automatically contracted for three. It's nice to see that this is four, but you're usually contracted for three. So, um, yeah. Um, and we're talking about people saying stuff. Um, Russell Crowe, I hope that he didn't get in trouble for this. Um in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Russell Crowe says he is playing Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> OK, um, uh, he went from Jor-El to Zeus. I feel like this was rumored, though, or right, well, it was he, announced that he was involved. Well, he just straight out said it. And <laughs> that's why I said I hope it doesn't get in trouble with the Marvel train because of their massive NDAs. But Thor, uh, uh, Russell Crowe, I guess, is playing Zeus. So, hey, um, if that you consider that a spoiler, I apologize. But apparently Zeus is in the uh, Thor movie. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, I have no complaints. Um, I feel like you do get to a level where. I don't know. Russell Crowe, I feel like, has played similar roles in the past. So you you start to worry about typecasting and stuff. But I mean, I like Russell Crowe a ton as an actor. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to this one. Um, But yeah, uh, go on. Well, since we are on Marvel News, uh, I mentioned that Bucky and the Winter Soldier, Bucky and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be uh, potentially multiple seasons. So I don't have to talk about that one. so uh, Alfred Molina is supposed to be returning for the next Spider-Man film as um, uh, Dr. Dr. Octopus. And uh, Alfred Molina set, confirms for a fact that he will be returning. So this is an, an actual uh, confirmation that he is coming back to play Dr. Molina. Uh, <laughs> he just Dr. pulled a Russell Crowe and just came yeah. out and said it, didn't he? <laughs> um, and this is the part that has me like confused a little bit is he says that um, – he will it will pick uh, he Spider-Man No Way Home will pick up right after Doc Ock's last appearance in Spider-Man 2. Um, so what I'm confused about that is, is that we're not abandoning the MCU story. So is this like where Doc Ock left off in that other Spider-Man film? And that's where we're picking up with Doc Ock's story or what? I'm that has me a little baffled the way it's worded. Um, just because I'm trying to wrap my head around that because it's two different right and like arcs. I so so yeah, here's I what I'm thinking, and I don't re- I haven't watched Spider-Man two properly in a long time, but uh, 
uh, Doc Ock was making that like reactor thing. And yeah. uh, if I remember correctly, at the end of the movie, he is trying to destroy it while it's like swept up by, uh, you know, into the bay and uh, into the ocean. And he's kind of engulfed in that, too. And I'm wondering if due to that um, explosion or implosion or whatever of the reactor he was making, maybe there's some sort of interdimensional travel or something that went on there. And that's why, you know, a different Earth's Doc Ock is going to show up in Tom Holland's universe. I don't know. That's that's kind of the only thing that I'm thinking could make sense. What are your thoughts? Um, either that or um, they're just assuming that it's all Spider-Man and because uh, it's Peter Parker, Peter Parker. And it's just they're going to just going to let Alfred Molina be Doc Ock. You know, you did Doc Ock, just be Doc Ock. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a J. Jonah Jameson sort of thing. Yeah. And just um, not, and just not worry about it, which that's fine, too. I was just kind of like, wait, what? I don't understand this. So <laughs> um, I guess there's something to be said with like James Bond and the old like Schumacher Batman movies and how things were kind of connected, but they also weren't. But people didn't really care. Um, yeah. So that's that's interesting. We'll see how it goes moving forward. I like the interconnectivity, but I mean, I'm just happy for more superhero films <laughs> overall. Yeah. Now, uh, since we're on the Spider-Man stuff uh, last week, it was, it was either last week or two weeks ago. We talked about how Netflix and Sony just reached an exclusive deal where everything Sony makes is exclusively goes to Netflix, which yep. means the entire Spider-Verse franchise craziness. Now, Disney trying to work out what they can with um, use the use of Spider-Man for the Marvel films and trying to get Sony to play nice have reached a new agreement. Um, so if people trying to piece together the Marvel Cinematic Universe watching just on Disney Plus soon, that can be a thing. Spider-Man will finally be coming to Disney Plus. Uh, Sony and Disney have reached a deal that will make Spider-Man and other Sony films eligible to stream on Disney Plus for the first time with future theatrical releases able to move to Disney plus after their Netflix run ends. So, <laughs> okay. The deal comes almost two weeks after Sony pictures and Netflix have signed a multi-year contract to give Netflix first run rights to Sony films after they play in theaters. The new Disney deal covers the period that after that meaning theatrical releases from 2022 to 2026 will head to Disney plus streaming service and other television networks, FX, ABC, etc. After they leave Netflix, the package only covers U.S. markets. So if you don't live in the U.S., you're not going to get this deal. But the fact that eventually the Spider-Man films will end up on Disney Plus is huge, especially because that means that you'll be getting Venom over there. You'll be getting the Carnage film. You'll be get, you know what I mean? Like they'll be able to piece together this giant Marvel conglomerate on Disney Plus. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of at the same place I was last week where this doesn't I'm not too upset about this because I have both streaming services. So really all it is, is it's just a headache. It'll just be a headache to switch <laughs> back and forth when you're trying to watch the MCU in order. But um, I mean, it's easier than putting a DVD into the player. Am I right? Uh, it, it is because we're all lazy now. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, last piece of Marvel news. From Mother of Dragons to the Mother of Scrolls, Amelia Clark has officially joined the cast of Secret Invasion. Um, I said Mother of Scrolls. That's my joke. Um, there is no confirmation that that's what she is. We have no idea what character she's playing. She has just joined the cast of the Scroll of Secret Invasion. So, um, yeah. 
Okay. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I, Clark just, is I like awesome. Me, I, I like Amelia Clark, so I'm like, absolutely, why not? So, yeah, I'm still waiting to hear if that like rumor that she's going to replace Mira in the Aquaman movies is true, but it's probably just an internet rumor. Um, it sounds like it's especially an at this point. I, it sounds like it's an internet thing at this point. Yeah. Um. Okay, we got. Uh, so, what do you want to do first? Do you want to do DC news or Vin Diesel news? <laughs> uh, let's keep the comic book stuff going and do uh, DC. Because <laughs> you're probably like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> all right. So this is a sad one. Not a sad one in terms of everyone's going to cry. This is a sad one in case you want to avoid spoilers. So be careful what you're looking at on the Internet if you're looking up anything related to Shazam. The ending of Shazam 2 may have have been leaked on the Internet. Um, take it as a rumor because the source is not 100 percent sure. Uh, it's an issue of a part of a script getting released uh, by mistake. Um, so keep your eyes out for Shazam stuff. There's a chance it's a spoiler. There's a chance it's part of, part of the uh, leaked stuff. So I'm just kind of like avoiding Shazam stuff right now. So um, I just wanted people to know that there's a chance that that got leaked by accident. Yeah, I'll be avoiding it as well. Um, I loved that first Shazam movie, and I don't want the second one to be ruined. But uh, I appreciate the warning, and I'm sure the audience does as well. So, yeah. Um, now, last week we talked about the fact that um, Michael Keaton is supposed to be in the Flash film. Okay, <laughs> that's been a thing for quite some time. Alongside Ben Affleck, so we're going to get multiple Batmans in the Flash movie. Yes. Uh, the issue last week that we talked about was that Michael Keaton. Um, was concerned about COVID. He had COVID concerns and a packed schedule. And he was like, well, I haven't 100% confirmed. Well, um, so they were potentially looking at Christian Bale. Instead, either way, we're going to get a Batman back. Personally, I wanted it to be Michael Keaton. Um, that would have made me the most happy. And I can tell you right now, Michael Keaton's talent agent officially confirms that the actor will appear as Batman in the Flash film, and he has already arrived in London to begin filming the Flash, which started filming last week. So, man, Michael Keaton is in the movie. He has arrived on set. He is shooting because the Flash movie has started filming. We're good to go. I was going to say his talent agent really pulled a Russell Crowe there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Since we're dealing with a multiverse at this point in D.C., why don't they just have every Batman in every film like Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, George Clooney? Let's just bring them all in. Let's have a Batman team up film. Why not? I'm half joking, but I know I would watch it. Um, You know, it's funny. You're like, I'm half joking, but seriously. <laughs> Why are we absolutely and, and they can all have pop out ice skates on their boots? We'll all love it. At least uh, do a hybrid sequence with all of them in the next Team Titans Go movie. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Batman, um, do you remember when they said that? OK, so the Batman, the Robert Pattinson, Michael uh, Matt Reeves film uh, is going to have um it's supposed to have a spinoff show on HBO Max called it was supposed to be called Gotham Central. Um, if you know comic books, there is a comic book that fo- that's called Gotham Central that follows the Gotham police officers dealing with crimes and Batman's in the series. But you never see Batman like it's kind of like you see him leaving the crime scene as the police are arriving or they're finding batarangs left over from the crime scene and stuff like that. So they're trying to pe- so it's all about the police, but Batman's kind of like a shadowy background character that you never get to see, if you will. 
Yeah. Um, so they were supposed to have a television show that was supposed to on HBO Max exclusive that was supposed to be a spinoff of the bat, the Batman. And it was all supposed to be rolled into like one big story. So you'd like watch the show, then watch the movie, then watch the next season, then watch the next movie and so on as they predicated that universe with Robert Pattinson. This has me really confused um, because they've officially said that um, the Batman TV spinoff will reportedly focus on James Gordon. And it won't be influenced off of Brubaker's early run of uh, Gotham Central. And I'm really confused because if anyone watched Gotham on Fox, that was the Jim Gordon show. Um, I'm only confused because I feel like we just got the Jim Gordon show and we're about to get another Jim Gordon show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Jeffrey Wright, and the fact that they cast him as Jim Gordon is like amazing. I'm just kind of I'm a little surprised. So I don't know. Yeah, um, it's on paper. The series sounds awesome, but it's you do wonder, are they going to be retreading on the same material too much and too soon? Um but yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, that is a little bit perplexing for yeah. sure. Um, OK, uh, Vin Diesel news. This, just, <laughs> the weekly uh, the weekly installment. What I've been waiting for yeah, all week. This, this made me chuckle a little bit. Uh, Vin Diesel is set to produce and star in Rock'em Sock'em Robots, a live action movie. Uh, of course. Why wouldn't he? Be? What, now, what? Did it, didn't they already make this movie, though? Well, they made a movie called Real Steel. Yeah, which was very Rock'em Sock'em Robots esque. I don't <laughs> entirely know, but this is legitimately Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie uh, with Vin Diesel. Uh, it made me chuckle a little bit because but at the same time, it's like, why not? So, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely interesting. It's just, uh, yeah, that's really weird. But I mean, I feel like Real Steel isn't even that old, but uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I got one more piece of news for you. Um, Castlevania season four. Um, you and I, I, you and I are both excited to see the next season of Netflix's Castlevania. Uh, the animation on that show is fantastic. I can't wait for more of it. Um, mm-hmm. It premieres on Netflix May thirteenth. Um, so wow, it's coming up real quick. Um, the downside to this is it apparently is going to be the last season. Oh, that's yeah, that's sad to hear, which kind of which kind of bums me out a little bit. But I do know that we're going to get Castlevania season four. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be awesome. And then shortly thereafter, we're going to get He-Man and the Masters of the Universe on Netflix real soon. So in terms of like animated fantasy, stuff like that. But um, I uh, I really, really enjoyed this Castlevania series. So hopefully it's um, just as amazing as all the other seasons have been. So May 13th is right around the corner. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, four seasons definitely is a good run. Um, it does suck to hear that it's ending, but it's also like, you know, this is just you you can't complain when you're given a really good thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and also it's like, who knows no- nowadays, you know, uh, we got another season of Young Justice, you know, after it was canceled and uh, Family Guy and Futurama have been be- brought back from the dead. Who knows how many times? So, yeah, you yeah. never know. Maybe there'll be a Castlevania season five if uh, there, the fans there, make enough noise. There could also be a spinoff, too. So we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. what I mean? like, um, it's also funny that with my examples, I didn't mention the Snyder cut. I mean, we got the Snyder cut. So who knows? Let's start a petition for Castlevania season five. <laughs> well, did you see the Baron cut of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No. 
Okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even heard of this. In uh, episode three of Falcon Owner Soldier, there's the scene where they go to the nightclub and uh, the Baron, Baron Zemo goes into the um, dance. He's like working his way through the crowd and it, like in the, he's trying to work his way through and he's got, he starts to dance a little bit as he works his way through the crowd. Yeah. But he's like he's like a Russian rich guy, so it's like he doesn't really know how to dance. So it's like it's like when you see his fist, it's like I'm gonna pound it out. Here I go, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's such a funny like dance move. Well, it's been turned into gifs and memes and all that stuff. And I was I thought they were <laughs> funny. Well, people immediately started like they lashed onto it and like give us the Baron cut. When do we get that? And Marvel, <laughs> Marvel as a joke responded in kind and like, oh, that's what they want. Give it to him. And they released a one hour cut of just him dancing. <laughs> oh, that is uh, awesome. Where is, so, is this on Disney Plus or I, where think is it's, I think it's on YouTube. Marvel just kind of put it out there as a joke because the fans were like, give us the Baron cut because everyone was laughing about that. But being serious, like, you know, the Snyder cut was so good. And I think Marvel recognizes it and like, Oh, the fans want to give it to them. (laughs) That's such a, that's such a good, like background. Like if you're hosting a party, you can just have that going on your TV, just like Baron, the Baron dancing, like nonstop. (laughs) Like that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that kind of brings us to the end of the news, man. So, um, do you want to talk about our list tonight? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, awesome. Well, Ryan, it is time for the list, so do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Peter, this yes. was your list. So what are we looking at for uh, – you want to explain to the audience what we're doing tonight? Um, yeah, it's uh, – Discussing tonight? It's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, it's our top five favorite movie cameos. So anytime that like a known actor or entertainment figure has shown up in a movie unexpected, that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, And I think this is just for some reason, this has been on our mind, like on my mind a little bit lately. Uh, We did the Brad Pitt episode recently and we had some jokes about the Vanisher. And uh, that's a great cameo. I hope I'm not spoiling anything for later, but just yeah. kind of talking about that and then thinking about uh, the Snyder cut and uh, spoilers like Martian Manhunter showing up and stuff like that. It just kind of got me thinking of the sort of cameo concept, even though I know I'm Martian glad. Manhunter technically isn't a cameo. But but it's still just that concept of just, you know, somebody showing up like that. So, um, so I thought it'd be said, a fun list. I'm glad you said that because one of mine is a character cameo. Like if I only have one that's a character cameo and um I was like, I don't know if I can even count this, but I'm going to count it. <laughs> I mean, it it can it can work, um, but it, it just kind of depends. Um, I think cameos like just as a concept is kind of a vague area. So I'll definitely let you argue, argue your point when we get there. But Good, I feel one, like one of mine is a cheat. So um I appreciate it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if you if you think of like if you think of a character like Kermit the Frog, like and I'm just throwing this out there. Like if Kermit the Frog shows up in another movie that's not related to the Muppets, that would be considered a cameo by Kermit the Frog, even though he's a fictional character. But he's a, right. he has enough of a presence in pop culture that he is his own thing. And it would be a cameo yes. of Kermit the Frog. So that's kind of just it's a nuanced subject for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if uh, you had any other questions or anything or if we should just jump into it. I do uh, have well, two honorable mentions. You always have two. I only have one. 
Um, I actually had a hard time narrowing it down this week. So I actually had a hard time putting this list together. Um, so yeah, I only have one honorable mention. So um, go ahead. Okay. So uh, yeah, give me your first one. So I guess I'll go first. Um, this one's pretty easy because he was the director of the film. Um, but uh, Wes Craven's cameo as the janitor and scream. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought it was really cool because he's just the janitor in the school and he's dressed as Freddy Krueger for some reason. And uh, no, it's just, it's really short. And it's like, if you don't know Wes Craven, you might not catch it, but it's just a cool Easter egg, especially in scream. Cause that's a movie just full of horror Easter eggs. And uh, no, I just thought this one was really fun. And, I, forgot uh, about, I forgot about that one. That's a really good cameo poll. So yeah, 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 but uh, yeah, that that one I just thought was really cool. So uh, yeah, what do you got? Nice. All right, so my uh, my one and only honorable mention, and this is this is a cheat because it's several people in one, but there was no way to narrow it down. Um, <laughs> the movie is Anchorman Two, and oh the, yeah, I know. Oh, I'll keep going. <laughs> and the cameo is the Anchorman fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the only reason I say that is because it's like they decided to like call in as many favors as possible and get as many actors as they possibly could in that, in that fight scene. So like all these big name actors like Tina Fey and, uh, Amy Poehler and Jim Carrey and like, like use like trucks kept pulling up and like actors started coming out of it. I'm like, how did this, how much did this scene cost? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's only a cheat because it's a ton of people, but, um, yeah. Anchorman to the Anchorman fight. Um, but yeah, no, it, it counts. It's one of those allowable cheats. That's, uh, you know, it has a bunch of characters at one, but in one, but I think it's one of the allowable ones where it does count as one pick. So, uh, no, that's, that's awesome. And that's just such a hilarious scene. That means my actual pick that is a cheat can definitely count. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure thing. Uh, Um, go ahead. What's your next honorable mention? So yeah, moving on to my next one. Um, I feel like um, it's kind of I feel like we're not going to match on any of these, by the way. But go ahead. But we'll we'll find out. Um, I was going to say, I feel like um, it would be a travesty if we didn't mention at least a couple Stan Lee cameos, especially with how much he's appeared in uh, the Marvel movies and stuff. And I think this is one of his not as popular ones, but it's probably the one that I always laughed at the most. And that's his appearance in the original Amazing Spider-Man. Um, if you remember the movie, Stan Lee uh, is the library. Yes. Huh? Okay. Yeah. That's yes. uh, Andrew Garfield. Yep. Yep. Andrew Garfield. And uh, Stan Lee plays the school librarian where um, there's this awesome fight scene where it's Spider-Man versus the the lizard. And it's all across like the high school and like, you know, going through the different hallways and classrooms. And I actually think it's a really cool fight scene in general, but there's this moment where they crash through the doors to the library and Spider-Man and the lizard are throwing each other around, you know, the lizards chasing Spider-Man trying to get him. And, uh, it's just a really funny sequence because as soon as they crash through the doors, you see Stan Lee wearing like these big headphones and he's listening to classical music and you can no longer hear the fight scene. You can just hear the this like, you know, peaceful classical music that the librarian <laughs> is listening to while he's completely oblivious to this crazy comic book battle going on behind him. And uh, that scene just always kills me. It's such a good visual gag. And uh, that's that's up there as one of my favorite Stan Lee cameos for sure. Gotcha. All right. Well, I guess that brings me to my first actual pick for the night. Um, so mine is uh, Bruce Willis 
and the television show Friends. Um, I, I hope that counts as a cameo for you. It's it was kind of a, like a supporting role, I guess you would say, for like a, like two episodes. But he was absolutely fantastic in those episodes, and it was really kind of funny to see a big name movie star like that come down for a minute and do those uh, like bits on the. Um, did you just fall out of your chair? Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, just something <laughs> fell over on my desk. I heard it. My, my bad. Like Peter just fell out of his chair. <laughs> 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 but no, I just uh, Bruce Willis and friends like it was. They're just really good episodes, and I always laugh at them. And they're ones that I like. It's they're ones that I'm like, oh, it's one of the Bruce Willis episodes, and I like let it play. You know what I mean? So um, it wasn't a big pull. It was just I've always enjoyed those episodes. So yeah, I I, I think um, those episodes are hilarious. That's definitely an awesome cameo, and the the sort of like story arc of his character, and like sort Paul? of like what's. Paul is that his name? Neat guy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Paul is a neat guy. <laughs> yeah, just just his character's story arc and how it plays out is just so funny. But it's also like it's so embarrassing, but also so relatable in like a really weird way that I always enjoyed. Um, I personally f- only focused on movie cameos for my list, but I also just kind of did that to give myself a limit because I knew when you get into like TV, like sort of like cameos and guest star roles, there's just thousands and thousands of them. But uh, no, was, that that's definitely I, a good call. And that's a I, really, really funny one. I started thinking TV a little bit when I was like kind of like drumming my fingers on the table. Like, man, I can't I'm like cameo, cameo, cameo. And I was like, oh, wait, let's think of TV for a second. It doesn't, <laughs> oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah, Bruce Willis. So what's your next one? Okay, so my next one I feel like is um, I'm not really proud of this one, but I do think it's really funny. Um, And it's at the end of the movie. This is the end um, when they go to heaven at the end and uh, the Backstreet Boys show up and uh, they show up because that is what uh, Jay Baruchel's character kind of just wanted. You know, they get to heaven and it's you can have anything you want. And his first wish <laughs> is for the backstreet boys to show up and play a private concert. And I say this as like, I am not a fan of the backstreet boys at all. Like <laughs> I don't like their music. Um, people are going to be, are going to call bullshit on this, but no, I'm I'm honestly not a backstreet boys fan, but it's just such a funny scene. And, uh, it's one of those things when, uh, Backstreet's back starts playing and uh, Seth uh, Rogan's up there with Jay, Jay Baruchel. And uh, it's just kind of funny Seth uh, Rogan's reaction because uh, he's just like, as soon as, as he starts hearing the music, he's like, dude, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way the, the scene plays out, it just always like it catches me off guard so much and it's so ridiculous, but it's, uh, it's really funny too. So I just had to go with that one. And that, this is just purely based on, uh, I guess comedic value for me. Um, That movie got weirder and weirder and weirder as it went on, but it was fantastic all the way through. And then we got to that scene and and again, even as an audience member, you're like, dude, no way, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And what's, what's funny. I just realized as I was like, yeah, Jay Baruchel's character wishes for this, and then I forgot. No, these people are literally playing themselves. I totally forgot about that aspect of the movie. But no, that's yeah. a great movie. I need to watch that again. That movie's so funny. Um, yeah, right on. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a while. All right, so my next pick for the night is uh, Tom Cruise. 
And you're going to ask yourself, what would Tom Cruise have made a cameo in? I'm pretty sure I know exactly and, what you're going to say. And the movie is Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a movie that I knew Tom Cruise had a cameo. So I was kind of waiting for it. But I had no clue that I was watching Tom Cruise when the character came on screen. So Tom Cruise as uh, movie film producer Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. And it's amazing. And it's hysterical. And I can't watch that scene when he's like screaming at him over like that Zoom or Skype call, I guess you could say, without dying it is so funny and every time he comes back into play it gets funnier and funnier um and he like really went with that like really went to town like he really put that character together and i don't know if they told him like this is going to be funny so be funny or if they were like play it deadly straight like it's it's awesome um Mm -hmm. i i definitely like that's a movie that is kind of hard to watch now because of like there's jokes in there that don't fly nowadays, but uh, Tom Tom Cruise is phenomenal as Les Grossman. So yeah, I do I do think a lot of those jokes are there to point out like the hypocrisies that are you know exist in like Hollywood and the movie making world though. Um, yeah. And also to, to your point, I do think. I do really appreciate with comedy when somebody does play things really straight and they don't ham it up. And sometimes sincerity, like if somebody's like doing just absolute crazy, ridiculous stuff, but they're being so sincere about it, that can be funnier than, you know, kind of these ridiculous characters. And I think Tom Cruise does do a good job of it in this movie. Um, And I think his scenes were probably the parts I thought were the funniest. But um, I also I really like this cameo because when I watched the movie, I wasn't sure if it was Tom Cruise either because of his getup and his makeup. He's like somewhat recognizable, but also could be a different person. And it it kind of it's ambiguous enough that it just makes you wonder about it. And you're just like, right. I, I think that's Tom Cruise, but I'm not sure. So that was really well done. And uh, no, this is a really funny pick for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So what do you got? OK, so um, a little bit of spoilers, but my list has a lot of uh, musical like musicians and bands and stuff as my cameo. And I think okay. I don't know what it is. A lot of those just ended up being um memorable cameos for me. So um, I just noticed that when I was putting my list together, I was like, there's a lot of just musical cameos on my list. But the next one I wanted to go with was uh, Billy Idol at the end of The Wedding Singer um, (laughs) when he's up there in first class and he helps, uh, you know, he helps Robbie Hart uh, win over. uh, uh, I can't. Julia Gulia, that's her. That's Drew, Barry, <laughs> that's Drew Barrymore's character. He helps him win her over at the end when he sings her the song that he wrote. And uh, it's a really like it's a really good scene and that it affects the plot. Um, and I really like that. Um, it's just really memorable. And besides the fact that it's Billy Idol and there's a lot of really funny stuff going on, I think it's just kind of cool that this one in the scope of the movie did hold a lot of meaning. Um, I also think it's funny because. This movie came out, I believe, in the late 90s. It could have been early 2000s, but I think it was late 90s. And uh, it takes place in the 80s. And I always thought it was funny because if you look at Billy Idol in the late 90s compared to when he's in the 80s, he's probably one of the few people like he's one of the few people among his peers that 
didn't really change that much. So he's like one of the few guys who could play this role and appear in this movie and still have it be believable that it's like, oh, yeah, it's still 80s Billy Idol, you know, of course. So, no, I just always love that scene. Um, yeah, I just thought that was it's just so fun and hilarious. So, yep. Um, so uh, the what's I going to say? I I absolutely love that. scene. Sorry, I was swallowing like down the wrong pipe there for a second. I'm like, whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I usually, I, I try not to drink when I'm talking cause I got to talk. Right. So when you're like talking about like a movie or something, I'm always like, Oh, that's a good spot to take a quick drink from my water. Yeah. Yeah. Following the right pipe. Um, no, I absolutely, Billy Idol is fantastic in that movie. And that, that always cracked me up when you see him. Like the first time I was like, Oh crap, it's Billy Idol for real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then it's just, it's a really good, uh, whole sequence. And I love it. Like the way he, like, you know, they even took the time to show him like flirting with the stewardess and stuff like that. It's just really, yep. um, really good. And um, another right. one of my favorite moments is when, uh, uh, oh, so it's Julia Gulia's fiance. I can't remember the character. Was it Brett? Maybe I, I can't remember the character name, but he says something. He's like, get out of my way, Billy. And then like this random biker guy <laughs> stands up. He's like, hey, don't talk to Billy that way. <laughs> just some, <laughs> yeah. some random coach passenger who's wearing all this like 80s biker gear stands up and i always love that moment too but uh no what were you saying uh no i was just, i thought it was i just was getting ready to move on to my next one so yeah 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 i didn't mind that drop in all right so this one this was tough and like i really hesitated not putting it on here but when this was one we heard was supposed to be a cameo and you started hearing grumblings of it being a cameo and you're like yeah okay that'll be cool if they can pull this off and then the and then this character becomes a supporting role in the film, which blew everyone's minds. So this is like a character cameo. This is my one character cameo. Um, and it blew our minds because it, because the actor had been dead for almost 40 years when they did it. And that is Tarkin in Rogue One. Uh, okay. And they basically had to bring a actor back to life who had been dead for so long. So we're literally looking at a character cameo on this one. And it's not like they recasted. I mean, they did, but in like the most brilliant way possible, they did take the time to go to Peter Cushing's estate and get the permission from the family and uh, licensing for the likeness and like all this stuff that had to take place behind the scenes. Then they had to find an actor who somewhat resembled um, Peter Cushing and had to do and had to be able to do Peter Cushing's voice in the film. And then they had to digitize and create and bring the character back to life. So where we hadn't seen the character in 40 years, the actor was long dead. Um, they had to bring him back. I just as a character cameo, it's absolutely amazing. And it kind of blew everyone's minds in terms of, oh, my God, how did you do that? I didn't know they could do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it kind of changed. And I think it changed the landscape for things because I think people have now started looking at like we've heard rumors that there is an Elvis Presley uh, document uh, biopic coming. And there's a Marilyn Monroe biopic coming, which if they were snagging up licensing licensing agreements when they did the Tarkin thing, because we had heard Lucasfilm was doing that, that tech that they used to bring Tarkin back to life can be used for how many other people if they wanted to go back and do biopics with the actual people. Do you know what I'm saying? So. Um, this was an industry moving cameo, if you will. And that's why I wanted to grab it and put it on my list. So, yeah, industry moving and landscape, uh, 
changing is definitely the words to use. And, uh, yeah. no, this is a really interesting one. I didn't really think of this one, but you, uh, every point you said is absolutely correct. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really interesting subject in general. Um, as far as, uh, I guess the, uh, the logistics as well as the ethics of bringing people back to life like that. But, uh, it's awesome in this case that they did get the family's, uh, permission and all that. So, uh, um, yeah. yeah, it's, this is just a really int intriguing one for sure. Yeah. All right, man, what do you got? So <laughs> moving on from that extremely, uh, kind of serious cameo, I went with, uh, Matt Damon in Euro trip as the singer of the band Lustra. I don't know if that's officially what he is, but he's the guy, he's the lead singer in the band at the party at the beginning singing. Scotty doesn't know all about how the main character Scotty doesn't know that that guy, Matt Damon's character is cheating or his girlfriend is cheating on him with Matt Damon. <laughs> So well, I always thought that that part was hilarious. And then you add in. So the song, the song is great, but the song is also really funny. And then you add in like what's going on in the movie. And then you add in just the shock value of just like Matt Damon's this insane looking like punk rock singer all of a sudden. And uh, I just think it all comes together to make just one of the most memorable and just ridiculous and funny cameo cameos I've ever seen. Yeah. So what I love about the Matt Damon cameo in that movie is when you watch it, you're like, wait, is that Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is he did like he, he, he shaved his head, but otherwise he didn't really change his appearance that much, but still like just from his behavior. And um, I guess like, the piercings and stuff. You're like, wait, is that Matt Damon? And then I remember seeing the movie and there was a level of me thinking, can they do this? <laughs> Cause you just didn't see stuff like that happen, even though it's like, yeah, it's an actor playing a role, but there was a part in the back of my head just because of the movie landscape back in 2004, you know, whenever this yeah, movie yeah. came out, I was just like, can they do this? You know, <laughs> but uh, I didn't mean to deal or derail you. I didn't know if you had more to say about that scene. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, not really. I mean, that that song is just super catchy. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's another one that I, I do like that this one has. It definitely kind of really incites a lot of things in the plot and stuff. It's not just kind of like a random like here's Matt Damon, like it actually has consequences and it's kind of a running gag through the movie and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, all right. So my next one on my list is a Stan Lee cameo. Nice. Uh, and that is Stan Lee in the movie Mallrats. OK, uh, we we matched on this one. Uh, so. I figured this was going to be the one that we would match on. Um, and uh, Stan this this is probably my all time favorite Stan Lee cameo period, um, mostly because he gets to play himself. It's like Stan being Stan, Stan getting to actually talk much more than he did in the Marvel films. He actually is in a weird way, a supporting role for the story and actually a driving point for the story. But this was like one of the first times we got to see someone from that industry, like get to talk mm -hmm. like in this medium. And you got to talk about stuff that he worked on. So we got to talk about Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and the thing and the Incredible Hulk. And it was just really kind of cool. Um, so and it, and, it was, and it was really touching. And then when you actually get to hear Kevin Smith. So if you go seek out Kevin Smith, like when he talks about him on the podcast and stuff like that, when you hear about Kevin Smith talking directly about working with Stan on this, it just makes it even that much more touching that how much of a great guy Stan is. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, if you, I, I didn't have much more to say on that cameo, but it's just, it's such a wonderful cameo and it's probably one of my all time favorites period. So, yeah, I mean, I, we don't have to dwell on this one too much. Um, but we did talk about, like we did do a Stan Lee, uh, tribute episode shortly after his passing and, uh, just kind of to mention, you know, what a great impact uh, Stan Lee has made on the uh, not just comics and comic book movies, but on pop culture in general and uh, how much of a legend he was. And uh, the thing about this cameo is this is kind of the OG Stan Lee cameo. I mean, with all the Marvel movies like Stan Lee cameos are expected at this point, um, or I mean, were back when he was alive. And uh, this was the first one. And the idea of putting Stan Lee in a movie like this was kind of unheard of. And, uh, you know, thankfully, Kevin Smith was able to pull this one off. But uh, no, this is my favorite Stan Lee cameo as well. This is also the first one I've seen. But um, I love how you can watch Mallrats and um, you're, uh, you know, you're you're relating to uh, Jason Lee's character while you watch the movie and uh, how Stan Lee's uh, dialogue with that character really plays plays out towards the end of the film and uh it's a beautiful cameo but it also has its really funny moments um with some of the superhero eccentricities they discuss in their conversation so it's it's definitely funny but it's also like a really cool sort of like life lesson um moment in the movie as well so Yeah. yeah absolutely um um so is that your final pick no i got one more oh because okay. we matched. I got one more. You got one more. Oh, I got you. Okay. Because I was like, wait, do I go next? And then I was like, uh, something got messed up. But uh, kind of throws back to me. Um, and this is this is my big cheat. And I've saved this for the end for for a reason. Um, this is my big cheat because it involves tons of cameos, but it falls under the kind of a banner. Um, the title is Batman 66. Um, the cameos are because of the climbing the wall gag that they used to do on the show. Uh, <laughs> Batman and Robin would have to climb up a building. So they throw the batarang and they grab the bat rope and they start climbing up the building. And then in the show, every now and then they'd pass a window and the window would open and some random celebrity would poke their head out of the window and talk to Batman and Robin for a couple seconds. And then they'd pop their head back in. Yep. Um, this, uh, this became a huge industry thing in terms of like a funny joke, but Batman 66 at the time that it was on the air was such a phenomenon in the television industry. It was the, like it was the pinnacle of all entertainment for the three years that it ran that studios, celebrities, agents, they were contacting Fox begging to be in Batman 66. So they had tons of celebrity cameos that would just appear randomly. They used them a lot in the gags. Um, I did. I could literally like sit and spend the next rest of this podcast listing off the names. But I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. So um, mm-hmm. I did like do some research and I dug up some list of names here. So like here's just a, here's literally just a few that they did. Uh, Jerry Lewis, Dick Clark, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Green Hornet and Cato. Uh, Lurch from the Adams family. And as funny as it is, Santa Claus. But those are that's just a small (laughs) fraction of the people that they did. Um, And because of that, I mean, you can watch the show and there's other cameos of celebrities that actually played villains, too, um, that were staple characters in the show. But 
these were like tiny little blips that I was like, I ha- there's no way this could not make my list and there's no way I could choose just one. Um, so I had to just go the whole thing and this is why. So, yeah. 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 Um, that's a, that's a really cool pick. I didn't think about this, but, um, I was somebody who, I mean, I've watched a handful of Batman 66 episodes as an adult, but most of what I've seen from the show was when I was a kid um, watching, you know, different episodes. And um, I didn't, you know, I this is a show that came out a long, a long time before I was born. So I don't think I always knew that these were celebrities that were talking to Batman and Robin. I just thought they were random people. So I think the joke <laughs> kind of went over my, my head in that way, but um, it is a really cool pick. It's cool. Like all the legendary different celebrities they were able to land for these cameos. And um, it's kind of cool that, the show came out in the 60s and it had sort of limits as far as uh, not only budget, but uh, special effects. But that paired with the sort of uh, pop art zaniness and the sort of tongue in cheek humor of Batman and Robin climbing up a cliff or the side of a building like this and just how ridiculous it looks. But like you said, like it led to, you know, all those restrictions kind of led to this really iconic series of cameos in this show that are going to be remembered in the, uh, I don't know, the pop culture, um, mythos, Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. mythos. that's a perfect, <laughs> perfect word that I was looking for, but you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. kind of cool. It's kind of a cool corner of uh pop culture that you pointed out there. So, uh, definitely really a cool pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, what's your final pick for the night? <laughs> So I was going to say earlier, the Stan Lee Mallrats cameo is the one I wanted to save for last because it seemed to have a, a lot more weight and meaning than this final pick. Um, but this final pick's really funny and it's a really ridiculous one. But uh, going with the music theme that I've had throughout my list, I went with Guar. Uh, and their appearance in Empire Records. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie, um, there's this really goofy uh, character named Mark who works at the record store. And, uh, you know, there's the other guy who brings in his um, special batch of brownies, and I'll leave it at that. But Mark's eating those brownies and sitting on the couch in the back room watching TV, and uh, he's watching a Guar music video, and uh, he kind of starts tripping out halfway through and the band Guar starts talking to him and then uh, the character Mark enters the video (laughs) and then uh, suffers a gruesome death. And uh, if you don't know the band Guar, they are a uh, metal band that dresses like aliens and they look and sound exactly like you would want them to or would imagine them to. (laughs) Yep. And, and they deal with a lot of really just like, crazy latex effects when they're on stage and stuff. And a lot of just violent, gruesome imagery fills their live show and their uh, music. And so Mark basically gets eaten by an alien and this weird vision that he has um, this giant alien monster that they feed him to, but it's just really funny. It's a random part of the movie. I was thinking about this part of the movie earlier today and 
it's one of those things you could see them cutting from the film because it doesn't have any consequence at all in the plot of the film. But it's yeah. kind of awesome that it's just a really funny moment that they decided to keep in there. And uh, I'm sure it increased Guar's record sales and stuff at the time. But it, no, this is just a really funny one. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, this has always been a memorable cameo for me. So, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's funny that it ends up being your final pick of the night. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And I, d- I didn't plan it that way, but that's what ended up happening. Yeah, I know. So. I understand why you wanted to have Stan Lee. I just I was saving Batman 66 be- for all the reasons I said. So mm-hmm. that's why I didn't make the final my final pick of the night. But no, Guar is that's that is a funny, funny moment in the film. Um, all right, man. Are you ready to know what we're doing next week? Yeah. What are we doing? All right. I'm giving you a weird one. You ready for this? Yes. Like, it's very weird. So, um, <laughs> top five Guar songs. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, top five uh, Guar songs. No. So, here's what we're going to do you're going to pick five rated R movies that you would like to see remade as if done by the Muppets. And I don't mean like the Muppets in the way like the Muppets would replace all the actors and you'd have like 100% Muppets. Think about how the Muppets do it, where it's like half Muppets, half real people. <laughs> um, so what what rated R films do you think would work? <laughs> okay. You see redone with the Muppets. <laughs> OK, I'm like trying to write this all down just so I get it right. But well, okay. you know, like you have like so if you watch like the Muppets Christmas special, it's all Muppets. There's like one person in the whole thing, but it's almost it's 99 percent Muppets. But if you watch a movie like The Great Muppet Caber, it's like 50 50. You have real people and you have Muppets. So that was what I was thinking of when uh, I was when I came up with this idea. <laughs> no, it's a it's a really funny idea. Um, I, I specifically honestly... and I specifically mean Muppets. I don't mean like um, Happy Time Murders where they used puppets to do like a rated R like crime story. <laughs> I'm specifically referring to Kermit and Fozzie and Piggy and Gonzo and Scooter and all that stuff. So. Right, right. I, I guess I understood that. I didn't think as far into like specific casting of characters, but um, no, you're, you're right. This list is really weird. Um, I can say <laughs> I've honestly been sitting on a list idea that might be the perfect response to this one. Oh, okay. so I'll leave that at that. But uh, no, this should be pretty funny. And I have it's going to be interesting to see where this one goes. OK, good. Nice. OK, good. Um, all right, man. Well, that kind of brings us to the end. Ready to toss this episode in the can? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, do us a favor. Uh, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the links to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can hit us up there or on our social media. Either way it works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those locations. And uh, if you do, you will, not, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important um you can follow me personally on twitter and instagram at drew 3927 uh peter yeah uh you can follow me on twitter at ninja pierre and that's where i will be posing the question is there an alanis morissette (laughs) all right (laughs) um in that case uh 
For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. Restore the Snyderverse, everyone. Have a good night. We'll see you next week.